Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 10 of the podcast. Thank you for coming back. I'm your host, Ali, and I invite you all to sit and psych for a while. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to address on the podcast, please reach out to me via email or on social media. Also, make sure you're subscribed and following. That way, you don't miss any important release information and new episodes that are coming out. In this episode, we'll be talking about holiday-related stress and how to deal with it, new resolutions and goal-setting, and we'll also talk about seasonal affect disorder. So, please have a seat and hope you enjoy the show. The holidays can be a very stressful time of the year. There's a lot to do, and while we often look forward to the holidays and the time off, we sometimes dread the stress that can come with it. We forget what the holidays should be about, which is relaxation and enjoyment and time with family or friends, but instead it becomes a very stressful time and we don't deal with it in a healthy way. So what should we do? Well, for starters, we should be taking care of ourselves. And self-care is one of the most important things that we have to look at. So dedicating time to ourselves, dedicating time to take care of ourselves. Relaxation should be a big integral part of your day. So allotting time to take breaks throughout your day, even if it's just for 10-15 minutes at a time. If you do that every couple hours, it does add up. And secondly, just asking for help. Oftentimes we try to internalize all the work we have to do and make it our own responsibility. But if possible, asking for help can be a huge resource because then we're letting off some of that burden that we have and it's not as stressful for us. If needed be, set a reminder to take a break every two hours or so just so you're not accumulating a lot of stress throughout the day and keeping yourself in a better mood. Now, the holidays can bring about good and bad memories. And for some of us, if the holidays are a good time of the year, then that's a good thing. However, if the holidays do bring about bad memories due to anniversaries or just some things that happened over the course of the years, then the holidays just simply may not be a good time. In that situation, we just try to make the best out of it. So trying your best to create positive memories or just doing things that you enjoy. It doesn't have to be holiday related, but just looking at it as some time off or a time for you to relax. Now, New Year's does bring about a new beginning, but we often put a lot of stress and pressure on ourselves in this time there's a lot of expectations on ourselves and we don't often take into consideration how life can shift and there's a lot of things that change in our life so when we look at the reality there's a lot of things that can happen in life that throw us off and may change our goals and that added pressure of changing can be counterproductive because it does add a lot of stress and if there are a lot of changes in life and our goals are not on track anymore there's a lot of pressure and that can affect our motivation or for example if our goals are too high or too rigid that can actually set us up for failure and when you don't meet the goals that you've been setting for yourself it can be very demotivating if we don't consider all the things that have 
changes in our life and the things that we don't necessarily have control over, it can be very frustrating. For example, if your goal is to get a job, well, that's not something that is within your control because getting hired would be someone else's decision. However, your goal could be to send in X amount of applications a week or a day, and that would be something that you can do yourself. So when we have to look at goals, there's a really good, easy way to look at it. They have to be SMART goals. SMART is an acronym and it stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable or Attainable, Relevant and Time Specific. So when we set a goal for ourselves, it has to be specific. When we make our goals too broad or general, it's really hard to figure out if we've met it or what we need to do to achieve it making sure your goals are specific. Two, it has to be measurable. What are you going to use as a way of measuring or quantifying that you've met this goal? And the third thing is that this goal is achievable or attainable and just mainly realistic. Can this goal be something that you can achieve within your control, within your resources, and so forth? The fourth thing is that it is relevant. It aligns with your values and your life goals and is something that would get you closer to those values and goals. And lastly, time specific. When are you planning on reaching this goal? What is your deadline? So let's do a few examples. The first one is working towards getting a job. So my goal would look something like I'm going to apply for five jobs a day until I find a suitable position or I get an offer. In this example, we've set up a specific goal of applying for jobs. We've applied for five jobs a day. It is something that we can realistically do. It aligns with what we're trying to achieve. And we've given this goal a deadline, which is basically when we reach a job offer or we get a job that we like. Another goal could be related to physical health. So for example, I'm going to work out four days a week for a total of 30 minutes each day and I will be reaching this goal by the end of the first month and I will continue it for four months and then at that four month mark I will be checking and examining if there is things I can do differently or if I can improve my time or I have to change my time for this goal. When setting a goal for yourself we have to take into account that things will happen in life to throw us off and it's okay if we get off track. The important thing is to make adjustments and see what we can do differently. If our goals are too rigid, then we sometimes, like I said before, feel demotivated and just give up. So what we can do differently is that we can take a step back and look at the situation as a whole. When we take into account the circumstances that we're in, we can be in a better place to forgive ourselves if we don't necessarily meet the goals that we're trying to achieve. Tying this back to New Year's and New Year's resolutions, we have to make sure that our resolutions are smart in every way and that when we make a goal for ourselves in the beginning of the year, it's bound to change or it's bound to get affected by things that happen in our life. And our resolutions shouldn't necessarily be strict or rigid throughout the year, they should be changing as our lives change. We may develop different interests or we may gain some new knowledge 
and that can change the goals that we set out to achieve in the beginning. So you're almost looking at your resolution as a living document that's not etched in stone, but rather adjustable and can change based on where you are in your life. The next thing I want to talk about is seasonal affective disorder. And the reason I bring this up is because of the time of the year that we are in. In the US, it typically peaks during January and February. Generally during the fall or winter time is when the days are shorter. Why does seasonal affective disorder occur? Because of the lack of sunlight, there are shorter daylight hours, and this can induce a biochemical imbalance in the brain. Seasonal affective disorder is occurring at specific times of the year based on the season. So what does it look like? There are typically just changes in mood. So an individual can be experiencing symptoms of depression, which include depressed mood for most of the day, almost every day. There's noticeable loss of interest in things that you enjoyed or liked, but you don't feel excited to do them anymore. There are changes in appetite, so the individual is eating too much or too little, trouble with sleep, whether they're sleeping too much or sleeping too little, difficulties falling asleep, difficulties staying asleep, there's a loss of energy or they're feeling fatigued or tired all the time, there's an increase in restlessness or they're feeling like they're slowed down and don't feel like doing anything, there's some feelings of worthlessness or some feelings of guilt, they're having trouble concentrating, and lastly, sometimes thoughts of death or suicide can occur. So if this should happen, what should you do? Well, you should tell someone close to you. Tell someone what you've been going through and talk to them. Beyond that, you can talk with a psychotherapist. Working with your psychiatrist, if you have one, if you are on medications, do talk with your psychiatrist about that. Other than that, there are other things that the individual can do, such as light therapy, which is a form of therapy where the individual exposes themselves to a specific kind of light, which mimics daylight, for about an hour in the mornings, and that is supposed to change the brain chemicals that are related to mood. Other things can include guided meditation, yoga, or just simply incorporating relaxation techniques into your day or examining your daily routine to see if there's things that can be improved or adjusted on. Generally, you want to make sure that you are taking care of yourself, that you are socializing, you're not isolating, you're sleeping well, you're eating healthy, you're working out regularly, practicing stress management skills can be really helpful as well. Additionally, maybe even taking a trip to somewhere that's warm, if you're experiencing wintertime seasonal affective disorder or cooler places if you're experiencing summertime seasonal affective disorder. Now what you shouldn't do is just simply discount this as wintertime sadness because it does affect a good chunk of your life. It could have an impact on your relationships, your productivity at work or in school, it can lead to other issues such as anxiety or substance abuse. So if you or someone you know is starting to experience these symptoms, it's something that should be looked into rather than ignored prior to the symptoms worsening. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you for listening and thank you for coming back. Again, if you have any topics or questions you would like me to address in the podcast, 
please reach out to me via email or social media. Also, make sure you're subscribed and following. That way you don't miss any episode releases. Thank you for coming by and I will see you next time.